Hello everyone and a very warm welcome to another edition of Marketing the Invisible. My name is Tom Poland, beaming up to you from on the sand as usual next to the waves in little Castaways Beach, Queensland, Australia. Joined today by Nancy Halpern. Nancy, g'day and where are you hanging out? I'm hanging out in New York City where I usually hang out. NYC, the Big Apple, the city that never sleeps. Nancy, appropriately, therefore, is a nationally recognized leadership consultant and pioneer in the field of talent development, but this is where it gets interesting, who diagnoses political dysfunction in organizations. <laughs> that is very <laughs> clever, Nancy. Folks, it gets even more interesting. Nancy is leveraging thought leadership and intellectual capital from over 20 years of client engagements as a consultant. Do you do training as well, Nancy, or is it primarily consulting? I did do training in the past. Now I tend to focus more on consulting. And I imagine you, you either get dragged into or offer executive coaching as well? Yes. You know, when you have your own shop, you're going to take a lot of different types of businesses because one thing can lead to the other. Yeah. So if the client's a good one, you don't want to say no. Well, yeah, but I've often, often found that, you know, in consulting engagements or training engagements in particular, where, you know, an exec will tap you on the shoulder and say, can you do some little coaching with me? Or vice versa, you're doing some coaching with the exec. And can you train this with my group? So I just wondered. Thank you for confirming my deepest suspicions. Nancy helps companies find solutions to the most intractable of problems, which is office politics. She has created a proprietary model, which always excites me based on the core concepts of, drumroll, political IQ, and uses that to assess organizations, teams, and individuals to pinpoint the sources and causes of workplace dysfunction and no doubt remove them. So, Nancy, drumroll, yes. another, another drumroll, two in one interview, wow. Hmm. The subject is workplace politics and making sure they don't do you in. And Nancy's going to share with you folks how we can make sure that those workplace politics don't do you in in just seven minutes. So, Nancy, our time starts now. Question number one, who was your ideal client? Private companies of 500 to 2,000 employees. Wow, we've got six minutes, 50 seconds left, therefore. Number two, <laughs> what, what is the problem you solve? Workplace politics that derail careers and teams from meeting their business objectives. This is not your first interview, is it? Question, no. question number three. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Question number three. Describe, please, the typical six and a half minutes left. We're going to be through this in 90 seconds at this rate. What are the, <laughs> what are the typical symptoms that people experience with that problem? Turf wars, silos, gossip. And information hoarding. Right. So I'm not letting you get away with those answers. Start turf wars. Drill down a little, please. What are we talking about? Marketing sure, v, v sales? Or? Pick one. IT, product development, marketing, sales. All having a go uh, at each other. We all having a go at each other because they want to protect their function. And my definition of politics is when people compete for limited resources. And that's in every business of any size that I've ever met. So that resources, headcount, manager's attention, budget, visibility, promotional visibility. Wow. And so you're going to end up with, you know, people want, there's only a limited pie and mm -hmm. most people want more than one tiny piece. And blame shifting, presumably, from one turf to the other. 
it's so common, especially mm. on teams, when something goes south, you don't want to be the one holding the bag. So you're going to find <laughs> that, pass that bag along. Okay, so, so I'm not going to drill down on the silos because I think everyone knows what basically what silos are. But where's what's the third one you mentioned? I mentioned gossip and information hoarding. Information hoarding. Wow. Okay, so question number four. There's going to be some execs listening to this, hopefully, who are mm. going, yep, that's us. And when they reflect on the things they've tried to stop this, they will have tried some stuff, maybe like the come to Jesus meetings and beating people over the head. What, other, what are sort of other common mistakes would an exec have made, typically, who's tried to solve this problem of turf war silos, gossip and hoarding information? Well, let's say it's about their team. Typically, most teams are not teams. They're work groups because teams are a group of people that share a common objective for which they're all accountable for, which means it shows up in their incentive systems and their reviews. But nobody does the hard work of figuring out what that is and making sure that's your primary team. The other things I see managers do or at any level, they get overly emotional versus reactive, which means they get more directive, which people feel is just sort of blah, 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 blah. And people fail to create strategic alliances and early buy-in. So that also yeah. happens. They just end up debating. Well, there's absolute gold in there. I mean, just starting with, you know, work groups versus teams, common incentives alignment. There's, there's, there's a book or two in that alone. Folks, I don't know yeah. if, you, if you listened good to that answer, but if you didn't, you've got to go back and replay that answer because there's absolute gold in there. Nancy, thank you. Question number five, three and a half minutes left and three questions left. Question number five is what is one valuable free action that an audience member can take that is going to help? It's going to take them a step in the right direction to solving this problem. It's not going to be the whole solution, but it's a step at least. Start by assuming that the other person is right, then go from there. Because if the other person's resistant, guess what? They think they're right too. And you don't want it to be a war of attrition who wears each other down. If you begin from the, a different point of view, the logic will follow. And you'll be able to find a way to more oh, seamlessly work together. Start from the assumption that the other purpose is it's even possible that someone else who has a different opinion from me could be right. Well, yes, it is possible. No, we lie to ourselves all the time. Just lie to yourself for a moment if the Just, other person is right. But you and might be surprised that they are. There's a lot of truth in what they're saying. Thank you. Two and a half minutes left. We are rocking and rolling. Question it's New York Minute, baby. <laughs> yes, we don't mess around in New York. Uh -uh. <laughs> Time is money. Let's hustle. Question number six. What is one valuable free resource that you can direct people to that will further help them with this problem? NancyHalpern.com. There are three free ebooks you can mm. download about dealing with your boss, dealing with a peer, or dealing with your team. Brilliant. And two minutes left, question number seven is, what is the one question I should have asked you but didn't? Can political intelligence be taught? And we've got a whopping one minute, 56 seconds left. So <laughs> would, you, would you give us the answer, please? Would you give us the you answer, please? Questions. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm think political intelligence probably can be taught, otherwise. <laughs> well, why am I here? Exactly. Um, I so, think but, you well, need to learn. Well, let's, let's assume it can, but can you elaborate? How is it taught? What has to, what has sure. to change in order for that political intelligence to be embedded in a culture and organization? I think people are always going to be political. So the first thing is I think rip off the Band-Aid that it's a dirty word that we should never talk about. 
because we all know it's there. So it can be taught if you stop denying it exists. And then if you think about it in service to the business, it's one thing to be political at someone else's expense. That's called conquest. It's another thing to think about political sort of like, I don't know, maybe this is not the best example, but the European Union. That's a series of alliances. And how can you influence others from your point of view? How can you generate goodwill? How can you read the chessboard? Those are powers of actually strategy. And so if you can learn to be more strategic versus reactive, then, yeah, I think you can learn. Absolutely brilliant. Nancy, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for checking out our Marketing the Invisible podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. It's very much appreciated. And if you want to generate five fresh leads in just five hours, then check out www.marketingthinvisible.com. 5hourchallenge.com